0: very good, very good. Like I said, if you haven't found a reason to quit our church yet, we're just giving them to you. Right and left, right and left, right and left. I'm just stalling till the pulpit gets out here. Are you glad to be here at church today? Thank you so much, everybody. You're so wonderful. Do me a favor. Look at the person next to you. Say, I'm glad I sat by you today. Look at your other neighbor. Say, I'm glad I sat by you too. I'm glad I sat by you too. One of my favorite things to do, and it works every time, can I do it again? Look at the person next to you, pick a neighbor, look at them right in the eye and say, if it wasn't for me, you would be the best looking thing in here. (laughs) Oh, I love doing that. I love doing that. It never gets old. (laughs) Well, good morning everybody, and shout out to everybody joining us online. Uh, It is so good to see everyone, and I was out of town last week, and Pastor Josiah covered and did a great job as we spoke on uh... (laughs) I hope you dance. (laughs) I wasn't here, so (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But, um, and then the week prior to that, we did Sweet Home Alabama, and uh, today we're going to talk about I'm a Survivor. Um, Luke chapter number six, Luke chapter number six. Jesus is wrapping up one of the greatest messages he has ever shared. It's the Sermon on the Mount. And he is now coming to his closing idea. And he comes to this and says in Luke chapter six forty-seven. 49. He has been discussing many topics and he ends closing here. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them. Everybody says and does them. I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock, And when the flood arose and the stream broke against the house, it could not shake it because it had been well built. But the other one, everybody say the other one, who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. Jesus also shared this in Matthew or Matthew wrote that Jesus shared this, and he actually gives the correlation that one man builds on the rock, another man builds on the sand. And when the stream broke against it, it immediately fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Here we have two men. Both have an idea, a plan, and what we find is they... Both have a goal in mind to build a house. So the first few things we find in the scriptures that we have two men building two separate homes. Now when you think about this, I'm I'm just gonna take a minute here if you're okay with me taking my time. Are you okay with me taking my time? When... The scripture says we're building a house. It represents a couple different things. It could represent a life. You're building a life. You're building decision making and you're building your, your life. You're number two, you're building your, your family. The Bible calls things like the house of David, the house of Saul. You're building a house. You're building a together unified family. Another thing we could be building is the church. It's often called the house of God or the temple of the Lord. Another thing that could represent the house could also be our government. We have the White House and we have the house of Congress. I'm just trying to get in your head for the next few moments the power and the importance and the realization that we are all building something. And these two men both are building a house, both have a dream, both have an idea. Number two, they both hear the words of Jesus. So they both hear from God. They both attend church. They both go to Vibrant Church at the 9 a.m. service. They both have a small group. They both attend services. They both have, they serve on the teams. They're both connected in the local church. Not only do they Are they building houses? They're also both committed hearing the words of Jesus. And the third thing that is a comparison is this, a storm comes. A storm comes. Here's what I need you to start. If you're taking notes, write this down. Storms are coming. You can't control when they come. And you may not be able to control what they are But Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 that it rains on the just and the unjust. What does that mean? That means everybody who's saved and everybody who ain't saved. It's gonna, when it rains, everybody's gonna get wet. Doesn't matter if you have money, have no money. Doesn't matter if you're white or you're black. Doesn't matter if you live on this side of the tracks or you live on that side of the tracks. At the end of the day, trouble comes to everybody because storms are coming. Here's another one I want you to catch is there are surprise storms. Surprise storms. Now, there are storms that we create because of our choosing. Don't get me wrong. Am I talking to anybody in the room? That you make some choices that because of, you know, the lack of discipline or your irresponsibility or or our lack of Uh, foresight. We can make decisions that cause some storms in our lives. And there are some decisions that we make that we know bring difficulty. There are storms of, of, just marriage can bring difficulty and raising a family and starting a business. But there are some things we experience in addition to normal and expected challenges that are setbacks, that are surprises. The loss of a child. Surprise, a business faltering or unexpected illnesses, unplanned problems or family issues. Just surprise, like a phone call in church, surprise. (laughs) Speaking of phone calls, I've received several this month of surprise storms. I've heard from People within the last few weeks that have gotten calls from doctors and gotten calls from children and gotten calls from individuals and things are not going the way they expected or the way they planned or the way they desired. Surprise storms. And with surprise storms, the other day I was in my house And I don't know, we haven't had rain in like a year, by the way, I don't know if you've noticed. And and the other day, I don't know what day it was, I can't recall, but the other day, if you remember, there was like a brief monsoon come through. And I was in my house, and all of a sudden, I heard lightning, or I heard thunder. The house was like, we're going down, <laughs> and I'm not used to these southern storms yet, because when it rains here, it's like scary, <laughs> like like I'm not kidding, I've said it before, but it rains here sometimes, like you can look outside, and I started seeing the deer starting to pair up, the turtles tearing tear, up, like we're about to flood, okay. <laughs> And it was unexpected. I was not expecting there to be a storm. And I'm out there putting things away and closing car windows because I just didn't know it was going to storm. And, and if you watch the Weather Channel, they'll say things, say things like this, that these storms had left some damage in its, in its path. And there is a thing called storm damage that... The storms that we experience in life can leave devastation. In fact, I read an article that said in the last 20 years, we've had around $2.1 trillion of damage in the United States from just storms. I believe that's hurricanes. Just the amount of trauma that we can experience that lead to other problems. I remember uh, learning, and I didn't know this, but I, I learned that when people are experiencing bereavement, they've lost a child or lost something that oftentimes as a result of the pain they experienced in the loss of a child, many times the marriage won't stay together. It's just a natural byproduct of the struggle of losing a child because there is such a thing as storm damage. Broken trust, storm damage lower expectations storm damage you can't go back to that church because of because of storm damage you won't go to the family reunion because of storm damage you won't have a conversation with them you won't reach out you won't have you won't try another business venture you you won't step out in faith because over time you've experienced some storms and you've had some damage am i talking to anybody on a sunday morning And the story lets us know that these men had some comparables. And these comparisons, where they were trying to build a house, they both heard the words of Jesus, and they are both now experiencing a storm. But it is at this point, the story that we have read takes a detour. And the comparables end, and the contrasts begin. They both build a house. The scripture lets us know that They both did it. And they could have a roof and they could have windows and doors. They may look the same on the outside. They may even look the same on the inside. But the true integrity of the home that was built was not based on what color were the cabinets and what carpet did they put in the bedroom. It was based on the foundation that it was built upon, and Jesus lets us know that there are two foundations, not three, not four, there are two, one is the rock, and one is sand, and Jesus lets us know, according to him, he says this, that a wise person builds their house upon the rock, and a foolish man upon the sand, now, According to Jesus, being a wise person is not predicated upon our education, not predicated upon our connections, our income, our prestige, where we sit in church, what we drive, who knows our name. Jesus said that wisdom was simply based on hearing the word of God and doing the word of God. James chapter one says this, to be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Letting us know that you could be sitting in church hearing the word, but if you're not doing the word, you're only deceiving. (laughs) Oh, it's gonna be fun today, it's gonna be fun today. Let me say this, agreeing with the word is not doing the word. Liking the word is not doing the word. In fact, approving the word is not doing the word. Let me go a little further. Posting the word is not doing the word. Only when we do the word does God call us wise. When we do the word, when we apply the principles of God, we are building our lives on the singular rock. When we put God first, we're building our lives, our houses, our families, our business, our homes on the rock. And when we prioritize God's word and his presence, we are building our lives on a sure, immovable, constant foundation. but he lets us know there's some, there's some sand. And Matthew lets us know that the foolish man builds on sand, the wise man builds on the rock, but in this particular story, when Jesus shares it, they believe a second time that the man, Luke, writes and says that Jesus said something he didn't, they didn't record in Matthew. He says that you need to If you caught it, dig deep. Did you catch that when we read it? That he says, in order for you to build on something sure, you have to be willing to dig deep. During the hot months in that part of the world, the sand around the Sea of Galilee was hard on the surface, making people think that it was a sure foundation. It was hard and you could walk on it, but it was not stable enough to build a house on. So a wise builder knew that if he needed to build something sure and stable, he had to dig out around that sand and dig several feet, oftentimes deep, to hit bedrock to establish a firm foundation. So here's what I need you to catch. That we have to, in order to build something stable, we have to sift through the sand. Let me go, can I go a little deeper? I've heard people say, I, I went to church, I gave it a shot, I tried, and it didn't work for me. Here's the question I think we need to ask is not if church worked, the question is, but did you dig? But did you dig? Because here's the idea. The scriptures letting us know that if you're going to get to if you're going to get to stone, you got to fight through sand. If you're going to establish your life on the foundation of the word of God, if you're going to build your life on the foundation of the principles of God, you're going to have to sift through all of the ideas and all the things mama said and somebody else told you and all this stuff and you're going to have to find deep in here, what does God really say? Here's what we're struggling right now. Oh, Lord, this is going to be a mess up here, Lindsay. Here's what we struggle is that we're trying to find God's best for our lives, yet we're tolerating the sand in our mind, in our family, in our homes. Can I go a little deeper? Colossians chapter 2 says this, don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their philosophies. Their are wrong and shallow answers built on men's thoughts and ideas instead of what Christ says. So building on the sand, hear me, is a whole lot easier, by the way. <laughs> it's a lot more convenient. It's cheaper. It takes effort. It takes effort to dig deep. Now, Now, I know a lot of people Uh, how do I do this? All right. We're always, first service is a practice service. We don't know what's happening when we come in here. When you want to get to bedrock, you have to be willing to be inconvenienced. Are you willing to be, are you willing to put your back into it? When all the philosophies of men and culture, when the enemy is pumping sand into your kids, I don't know who's sleeping this up, but it ain't me. When philosophies of men are pumping into our high schools, hear me, our middle schools, we have a responsibility to take our kids and get them to student night and get them to kids ministry, because you're gonna have to dig to get to rock. Right now, there are so many people saying so many different and confusing things on social media about certain topics and about everything you can't imagine. But I just wanna encourage you, while the enemy's trying to throw sand in our mind, we have to do our part and dig deep to find rock. It's not easy. I didn't say it was convenient. I didn't say it was fun. But here's what happens. They, I was reading this statistic the other day that said 30% of people who profess to be followers of Christ do not have, oh, excuse me, 30% of people who profess to be followers of Christ say that they have a biblical worldview. That means three out of ten people are pushing through sand, trying to get to what God's word says and his principles, three out of ten. 40% in 2010, 40% of people who profess to be Christians said this, that other religions, born again believers, other religions were just an expression to the same God that there are multiple paths to one God. 40% of people believe that in the church. Are you seeing what I'm saying? We We are a generation that has been going to church but not digging for rock. This is this is what scares me and I've talked to the staff and the pastors about this is that as the pastor the teaching pastor as the pastor of our church I have to preach the word whether people like it or they don't you have to you have to It's not popular to say certain things from the pulpit and you risk you risk being liked and approved by the community and people on the outside and even many people on the inside but the Bible just teaches for the men who stand in the pulpit to have to preach the word in season and out of season that means if it's favorable or not favorable if they applaud or they don't applaud if they come or they don't come. you have to get the people to the rock Come on, somebody say, get me to the raw. One thing I think is interesting that when they build a skyscraper, the higher the building, the deeper the foundation. And there are some buildings in the United States and all over the world that are so high and the foundation is up to 250 feet. I mean, I don't even know what the height of this ceiling is in here, but it ain't 250 feet. See, a lot of people want tall buildings, flashy marriages, healthy churches, raised kids that are good. And they want all of this stuff on the surface, but they've never dug deep to have a strong foundation. They've never sifted through the sand. They've never pushed through the philosophies of men and culture and what's being pushed around and many people are coming and hearing but they're not doing and only when you do do you push through the sand in your mind and in the culture. Once you do what he says, you're on the rock that he is. (laughs) Psalms chapter one. One of my favorite verses in all the Bible says this, blessed is the man, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. He is like a tree planted, everybody say planted. He is like a tree. Planted, pushing through the sand, getting to, the, getting to good soil, planted by streams of water where there's a constant source that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. What this scripture is saying is that we don't follow the patterns of the culture. It said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Standing, sitting, walking, all of it. So we don't do any of that. Because we don't build our worldview with the perspective of human secularism. We, We don't act like the world acts. We don't think like the world thinks. We don't adjust to their sand thinking. We are word people. We are church people. We are God's people. So we are planted, we are down to the rock, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. Amen. I recently heard a story of a man who had a house and he just built this house and he came into his bedroom and, and, and there was a big crack in his bedroom wall, and the man thought, okay, let's get somebody in here to fix this. He has somebody come in, patch the wall, fix it, look great, no problem. Came back a little bit later, same thing. Months later, the crack is now in another part of the room on the wall again. And he says, what are we going to do with this? So he calls in then another person to come in and fix it. He says, you know, I don't know what's going on. He fixes it. Then it's in another spot in the room one more time. And he's now done this three or four times and he can't figure out what's going on. And he says to the man, I I, got to figure out what to do. He says, let me call a friend. And a friend shows up who's an expert builder and says, the problem is not the drywall. The drywall is a secondary problem. The main problem, the real problem that you're facing is a foundation problem. And so now you're experiencing cracks in the house and you're trying to fix it with a guy with mud and drywall. He can't fix what's really wrong. Here we are in a society, we have families that are fractured, we have people that are broken, we have churches that are shattered, we have government that is confused, and we're calling in people to try to fix things, and we're getting philosophies of men, we're getting we're getting government spending to fix it. We think if we did this or did that, that would solve the problem. Call the putty guy, call the mud guy. But the real expert builder, our Lord Jesus said, if you can get the right foundation, Quit trying to run to things that can't fix you foundation is where you start. That's why so many of us disagree on so many issues because we're not starting at the foundation. We're starting at our experiences. We're starting at our feelings. We're starting at what we went through. We're starting by what other people said. We're starting off a blog. We're starting off this education. We're start- No, 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 no. We start at one place. When we're people of God, if his word says this, that's the foundational truth that we build our philosophies, ideologies, theologies. Oh, can I get a big amen some? People are fighting and debating about racism when if they could just get through the sand. I don't know what everybody else is saying, but if we could just dig through the culture and get out of what the media, who makes money by keeping blacks over here and whites over there, and keep digging and saying, no, no, no. I know that, that's not, let me say this, that ain't happening at Vibrant Church because we're a culture of people that's digging through the sand and we're gonna find the rock. In the culture, they may scream words to be offensive, but we're in the house of God and we love one another and we're for one another. Why? Because we're kingdom people. We're built on the rock. We don't have to debate the issues if we had a biblical worldview. But so many of us are fighting in the church now, fighting in our pews now, when if we could just get us right in the church, I heard a pastor say this, God won't skip the church house to get to the White House. Maybe what our culture needs is a generation of people that will dig deep one more time. I know it may not be popular and it may be old school, but somebody needs to get their family together and say, you know what? We're going to pray over the meals. They may not believe over there, but we're having a Bible study. We're going to church. We're going to youth group. Why? Because we got to get to the rock. It's so confusing right now. There's so many words and so many posts and so many things out there and stirring and it's just so confusing. That's why more than ever, Lord help me what I'm about to say, the why more than ever do we need people with a backbone in the pulpit of God. We used to have men and women of God who sought God, got a word from God, spoke it to the people, and didn't care what people said or thought about it. But now we're checking how many views did people like this sermon, and did they like this, and what would make the crowd come? What if what makes the crowd come is not what makes heaven applaud? Uh, All right, all right, I'm done fussing. We gotta be careful what we're building. We just got, we don't gotta be ugly, church. We don't gotta stand in a pulpit and be ugly and we got the truth and you're the devil and... No, 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 we speak the truth in love. But we cannot compromise by the principles of the word to just garner approval from people. People are so fickle that when Moses went to the mountain for like to hear from God, a prayer sabbatical as pastor, he came back and his whole church was dancing naked around a golden calf. He took one month off to go pray and talk to God. He comes back and everybody's like, I'm a survivor, I'm gonna get. We're talking about I'm a survivor. And you won't survive unless you're built on the right thing. The right thing, the right stuff. You gotta be built on something that's deeper than you, stronger than you, bigger than you. And It may not come through educational streams, though we thank God for it. It may not come through intellectual streams. It, it may not come through philosophical ideas, but something about the presence of God, the word of God, the, the, the anointing and the Holy Spirit that we just gotta get to the rock. Oh, let me just close this thing. Let me close this thing. Are you still good? Are you quitting? All right, all right. Survivors build their lives on the right foundation. We have a generation trying to keep their house together with government and spending programs and education and when what we need right now is the rock. David said, when my heart was overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. And then he says, that's higher than I. Bring me something, bring me to something outside of me, bigger than me, stronger than me, more stable than me. I can't go to a church that doesn't get us to the rock. I can't put my kids and kids, vibrant kids, which they do such a great job, but I can't put my kids in there if I don't think they're putting the rock in them. I wanna to go to a church that when we get up and do worship, it's not just, it's not just passing time to get to the sermon. I wanna know when you guys get on the instruments and when the singers are singing. It's, it's just not about a performance. I need to get into the presence of the rock today. I've been through so much trouble. I've had so much on my mind. I got so many things going on. But I know when I get into the presence of God, the rock, stable, stable. I may need to dig through some sand. Psalm 62, six, he only is my rock, he only. And my salvation, he is my defense. I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. We're talking about I'm a survivor. And I started by talking about storms that we, that we face. Here, here's what I want you to hear. Sometimes God calms storms. And other times, God calms you. And if you can get on the rock, building your life in advance for storms to come, building your life in advance for troubles when they come, that when it does come, I'm built on something much more stable. Because the true test of the house is not if it's built, it's if it's standing after a storm that's the test i want to be a pastor and i want to go to a church that we keep digging deep just get to the word get to his presence get to kids get your kids to kids ministry we have youth summit in a few weeks and you could go to guest services and learn more about it but I would do everything I could to get my kids and students to start digging early. Because when they get back, when they go to university, 80% of them don't come back by the way to church. Once they go to university, 80%. Because a educator will get in the room and start pouring sand again. And if they're not got to that rock, They may not be perfect. They may not have everything together, but we gotta build our lives on something just so much more stable than the philosophies of men in building our worldview based on CNN and Fox and Newsmax. The Bible calls the devil the prince and power of the air. I wanna dig deep. And the scripture says at the end, it says that they were well built. Well built. I don't know where you're at, but that would be my prayer for you today, is that you live a life well built. Situations come in your family, it may be hard. I didn't say the house wasn't gonna be banging and the wind wasn't gonna be howling and water wasn't gonna be dropping. And, Flood, waters weren't going to be rising. Those things are coming. But the most important thing you can do before a storm comes is you build your life on the principles and the power and the presence of God that whatever comes rocking your way won't knock you off the rock. Can I pray with you today with eyes closed all over the room? If you're in the room today and you say, you know, I need to get to the rock. I need to get to the rock. I need to get to the rock. I may have drifted some. I got to get to the rock. I need to get more of him in my life. I, I just want you right where you are. Just to tell God in your own words, God, I need to build my life on you. I've let so much of my life be swayed and I've let so much of my thoughts and I've let so much of things happen and I've been so emotional, but God, get me on the rock. Get me on the rock. Come on, tell them, get my family on the rock. Name your teenagers, name your child, name your daughter. Name your spouse. God, get us on the rock. This morning coming in, I pray for my wife and my kids by name. and I pray, God, get them on the rock. Let my children, Judah Paul and Lil Decay, let them build their life. Let them be drawn to. Let them never be able to run away from the rock. (laughs) Let there just be something inside of them drawn to the legacy of faith in our family is that when they wanna run away from God, they can't get away from him because they run right into him. Pray that for your son and your daughter today. Will you stand with us all over the room? Pastor Tyson and the team are going to sing. But before we leave, I need you just to do me a favor. Maybe put your hand on your heart. Maybe stretch out your hands. Maybe you want to raise your hands. I want to just pray that you build your life. You build your life on the things of God. We build our lives on the things that please God. Come on, somebody sing it from your heart today. Let heaven hear you today. Let God hear you today. firm foundation firm foundation about three rows in right behind you right you right there build your life on the rock you're here for a reason he's ordered your steps and there's been times you've been rocking but God says I got you 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 you." wave the white flag wave the white flag surrender give it to him don't worry about it, don't hurt, don't sleep. Just go to sleep in peace tonight, knowing that God is with you and he's for you and whatever has come against you can't take you down because you're built on the rock, built on the rock. Sonia, you're built on the rock. Storms may come and things may get difficult and the devil would love for you to not be here today, but something inside of you said, no, 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 I'm getting to the house of God because that's my rock, that's my rock. That's my rock. That's my rock, Tyson. Where would I be without the rock? Where would you be losing your father? Where would you be in a car accident the other day? Where would you be? But the rock just keeps you stable. The rock just keeps holding you. You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't have the victory. Where would you be, Caleb, without God's hand, rock, stabilizing you? You should have quit and given up, but his hand stabilized. held you. Come on, one more time. Somebody give God praise in the house. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for everybody in the room and joining us online that we will live our lives built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on jesus name we thank you for it in jesus name if you believe it today put your hands together give god a big praise